This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, everybody doing okay tonight? Good to see you. Thanks for coming out on a Friday night. Hey, as those buckets are going around and I get ready to introduce, we have a really special guest here tonight. It's going to be an amazing, amazing time just in the presence of God around the Word. I want to say something over the room and and maybe over some hearts that this may resonate with. Um, As Nida was singing uh, tonight about Let It Rain, how many of you know that it's good to feel and get refreshed after a tough week? You know, and sometimes we have even tough days, sometimes we have tough moments, sometimes we have tough seasons. And I just really felt like tonight the Lord is wanting to touch and refresh some hearts tonight, you know, in Him. You know, I got to remind you that Jesus, when He came to the earth, He came for one purpose. He came to give us life, and not only life, but life abundantly, flowing fully from His presence, Right? And I was just even thinking as I I spoke even last weekend about, on Sunday, um, about eternal life, this concept of eternal life. A lot of times we think it's some reserved reality for the future that, you know, that we're going to have and we're going to get one day in, in heaven, right? And, and, and that's so true. It's, and it's so beautiful, right? That, that place of unhindered connection with God. But when Jesus came and was talking about eternal life, He was wanting to see us step into that now. Eternal simply means perpetual. So it's something that you receive in him, and then it's an ongoing, ever-increasing process. Remember Paul even said when he said that, you know, when when we transition from this reality to the next, he said we just go from life to even greater measures of life, right? And so I just feel like there's some, some folks here tonight that you've had maybe a little bit of a rough day, and, uh... Jesus wants to just come and just kind of pour out that rain over your heart tonight. And so, if that's you, I want you just to receive this. I just want to pray just a blessing of God's life, all right, over this room. There's power in the resurrection of Jesus. If you believe that, say amen, right? So, Lord, thank you for the life of God that is here because you are here. And you're on the inside of us. You're on the inside of every person that names you as Lord and Savior, and we thank you that, God, you come to just stir up eternal life that's on the inside in this room tonight, in this meeting, in this space. Thank you that you are ever moving, ever pursuing our hearts. Listen, if you're here and you feel realms of discouragement or isolation or sorrow or depression or any of those things, just let the reign of God come. Peace, Lord. A peace that surpasses all understanding, that guards our hearts and our minds. In Jesus' name. You know, when I first came to know the Lord, I was, I was listening to this guy by the name of Keith Green. He was a legend back in the day, and he was just this fiery, passionate lover of Jesus. And, and tonight when I got in my car to drive here, one of his songs 
um, just came on in, in the car. And it was just this, this sincere petition of the Lord that just said, I, just, I never want to fall away from you, Jesus. And, you know, I don't even know if we could if we tried, man. Just, I think God just wants us just to keep falling into him, right? Just falling into him again and again and again um, as we walk out this journey called life. So, listen, I want to introduce a friend to you, and we're really blessed. We had a, I can't remember what staff meeting it was in or some conversation with our team, but we had this sense that in 2020 there was going to be some workings of the Lord that were going to bring some people our way that we weren't even going to have to try for, we weren't going to have to even schedule. Um, you know, we had set our budget for 2020, so we didn't actually have, you know, this guest speaker and that person and this person scheduled or anything like that. And we just were like, okay, God, if you're going to make this work, we're going to have the, the capacity to, to, to steward and fund, um, you know, anybody that comes in and bless them in whatever way. But um, we don't know how you're going to work this out. And so, crazy, crazy, crazy thing, like literally every person that we've had in from 20 to 4, 2020 so far has come in a way that we didn't actually plan or think of or, 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 or configure, you know, in our own doing. And, and, and planning and configuring and conspiring and all those kind of things is great, right? But it, I was like, wow, Lord, that was really from you that you told us that this was going to happen. And there's been so much fruit and so much life on every single person that God's brought in from the outside so far. And so the other week, I got, a, I got a text message from my friend Luke, who actually we haven't talked in just a little bit, I mean, a little while, and we've always kept in touch, and, and, um, and he's a friend from a long time ago. His actually sister, um, Tish Walters, um, was a part of our community in the early days, and then she went off to Seoul, Korea, um, to go over there and work and just minister in that nation and stuff. And so through that relationship, we got connected to her brother, Luke, and um, through a series of, of mutual friendships, absolutely, actually, that we all had in common. And uh, this is a man who's actually here with his, with his daughter tonight, Mary, so glad to have you and just blessed to have them here in this place, but um, who has gone into some of the most difficult, unreached places in the world to bring the gospel and has seen incredible things. I've heard incredible stories from his life on what God has done in and through him. I just remember, you know, gosh, I think about Luke where, where he's gone, where he's put himself just for Jesus, and it's just been so, so powerful. How many of you know that God raises up um, key individuals for key assignments? And, uh, and I think that we really need to, um, tonight, even as, as, as these friends are here and they come to share the word of the Lord with us, I think it's really important for us to honor people that have laid it all on the line for the gospel in this kind of a way. Like literally, like no joke, life and death kind of reality, you know, in some of the places that they go into with the love of God. And so if you could um, give it up a, a warm, warm South Florida welcome for Luke Walters tonight. Could you do that? Yeah, come on. All right, come on, give it up for Jesus. Yes, Jesus is here, and anything can happen. Amen. I'm so so excited to see your pastor here. I talk, we had a, a semi-lunch today. We didn't get much eating done. We got a lot of talking done. But uh, Mary and I both left, and we were like, God, we didn't pray for Pastor Darren. And, and uh, when I saw you tonight, I was like, yeah, 
<laughs> so we're going to pray for your pastor tonight. It's, uh, it's very important that we do that before we leave. Anyway, my name is Luke Walters, and uh, this is our 20, 20-plus years of uh, ministry, uh, missions in the 1040 window. And uh, we started off a long time ago, and it, I just, I'm just excited to be here. This, this house carries, it carries a weight, a weight of authority in the kingdom that I've always noticed since I came here. I thought about the first time I came, we had a little missions deal, and I, I, I bunked with Homer Lanier. Homer Lanier is a missionary in Beirut, Lebanon, and, and um, you know, just been in the Muslim world for many years, and uh, I'm sitting there talking to him, and he's like, so where are you at? I said, well, I just got back from Somalia. He goes, what'd you say? I, I said, yeah, Somalia. He said, brother, I've lived in Muslim all my life, and I wouldn't dare go to Somalia. I said, I wasn't no big deal. We had goat liver and onions for breakfast every morning. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but it's, this house draws and attracts people in the kingdom who are the tip of the spear. And I really believe that you are evidence of the tip of the spear in the kingdom of God in your worship. Where's Justin at? Come on, look, still, still tip of the spear, prophetic worship back there. You know, it's just, it's awesome. Amen. I, I, pastor just told me, that I, I just found out that on Friday nights, you, you, Friday nights have started, and that's the only thing I've ever known of the harbor. I didn't know you had another service on Friday night. Come on. That's how long it's been since I've been here. But uh, talking about the tip of the spear, I want you, to introduce you to my daughter tonight. She's my baby girl, and uh, she's 28 years old, praise the Lord, and she is powerful. And uh, she's leaving Wednesday for North India. She's headed to Dharamshala and to where our hospital is up in the Himalayas, and uh, I'm excited for her, and I'm proud of her, and she, she works for me, which you, you need to give it up for her right there, and I just want to let her greet you in Jesus' name. Come on, Mary. Hello. Um, it's really great to be here. I've, I was really excited because for me going, uh, one of the, the things that's, that I miss so much is worship with people, number one, in the same language so I can understand, um, but also just the, the Holy Spirit. Uh, and uh, we were at a conference, and I was like, Dad, can we just stay for worship because I'm not going to get it. And they, they did a weird intro, and I was like, oh, okay, they're just not doing worship. They're doing an intro. Cool. And um, and Dad was like, we're going to the harbor. And I was like, yes. Um, because it, it's, it, to me, God, God in, comes into the presence when we're praising him. And there's something that you just, you can't explain to somebody. You can't, and you can never excuse it. You can never, you know, say, oh, that, that was just something. That was, you, but when you experience it, it's so different. So thank you all for letting us be here. And, um, you know, I got to go to North India last year for eight months. Uh, it was quite the experience and things that I never thought I'd get to do, I did, and things I never expected happened. I broke my leg on the side of a mountain, praise God, uh, decided to stay along and uh, continue because when God gives you an assignment, nothing's going to stop it. You know, we're, we're going to press forward. We're going to continue on. And, and I'm, just, I'm, I'm just a normal person. Like, I've got my own flaws and my own things that I'm working through. And, but I, I said, you know what, God, I'm just, 
I'm going to trust you. And, you know, I was, I was had a wonderful job in Boston and was living big city fun life and didn't want to do ministry or anything like that. But I, I became intimate with my Savior. And I said, I will do anything for you and I'll trust you. And he said, okay, I want you to go work for your dad. And I was like, no. <laughs> anything but that um but I, I cried the whole drive home uh which was took about you know three days I'd made pit stops and I'd get back in my car and go I'm headed further south god bless and uh but as soon as I started our relationship transformed my heart transformed and, and God empowered me in things that I never imagined and so I just want to encourage you, number one, if God's asking you to do something, you're like, this is insane, it will turn into something amazing. Uh, you just have to trust him. He, he does know better than you, I promise. Um, and another thing is, is just, just be praying for people that are willing to, to go outside of their world. There, there are extra complications that go into what we do um, that we have a sweet grace for, but uh, doesn't always just happen. Um, and so if you can just be praying, and as you pray, just pray for your heart to also shift, that it's not just your world, but it, it's God's world and how he sees it. Because he's such so bigger than our, our circumstances in our life. Um, so yeah, just be praying for us and all that's going to happen. So Yeah. My baby girl, come on now. She was born, and, and uh, Sandy was like, I, you know, I, I was telling my wife, Sandy, I said, you know, the Bible says, blessed is the man whose quiver is full. That's five quiver, arrows in your quiver. And she goes, well, there's Katie, Luke, and Andy, and, and Mary, and you. That's five. <laughs> I said, okay, I guess we're not having more children. But I do have four children and two grandchildren and have been happily married uh, for quite a long time, <laughs> 35 years, praise the Lord, and I'm still learning, amen. Um, I want you to turn your Bible, um, Psalm 68, and uh, we're going to read a couple scriptures. Uh, pastor asked me to minister a little bit on the Father. Y'all been going through the Father. Uh, if you can't understand my accent, I'm originally from Mississippi, okay, but I'm real f close to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So the only thing they teach people where I'm from is reading, writing, and the road to Baton Rouge. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Go Tigers. All right. We'll get that over with. But we, um, I do have a great thick accent, which is actually wonderful in the nations of the world, especially when translation comes about in different languages. But uh, we ventured off uh, over 20 years ago. We moved to the nation of Sri Lanka at the tip of India at the bottom, and uh, we moved, moved there in the heart of the Civil War. And uh, I had, had no idea what I was doing, but I just knew that, that uh, God's bigger than your circumstances. God's bigger than what you see in front of you right now. In front of your life, in front of your, your circumstance, God's bigger than that. And he's better, and he's got a great plan, and he's going to bring you through it. Amen? You just got to believe him and trust him. And uh, so tonight I'm going to minister a little bit on the Father and uh, give you some points. I'm going to tell you some miracles about some miracles, my wife says that I don't tell enough uh, missionary stories, you know, because I love the Bible. I just, because you know what, my stories really don't matter. This story right here is the greatest story ever told. 
it is the story. So Psalm 68, uh, verse 5, we'll start right there, and we'll pray. Father to the fatherless, defender of widows, this is God whose dwelling is holy. God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy, but he makes the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you, Abba, that you draw close to us, that you just breathe over us, Lord, your presence, and how wonderful it is to be in this place of security, not what we see. Lord, in a sun-scorched land, there you are. There you are just worshiping over us and taking care of us. And, and it's just so wonderful tonight. I just love you so much. I give you the glory for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. So the Bible calls the father, he's a father to the fatherless. And in the book of Colossians it says, in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So you, 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 so you can get kind of confused. I'm going to give you a little theology and then I'm going get, to get through that. I'm gonna, it can get really kind of confusing on, some people say the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Some people want to declare it as, as three different persons. And, and a lot of religious people will put you in a position where you have to, to go through the rhetoric of the Godhead. But it's just simply... The Bible says that in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, all dwelled together with Jesus. It made it so simple for me. I'm not a very complicated guy, as you can tell by my accent. But it's so simple to me that Jesus said this. He said, if you know me, you know the Father. I am the Father are one. I walk with the Father. He said, everything he does, he's directed by the Father. But to know the Father, there's a big disconnect. It was a disconnect in my life. There's a huge disconnect, especially if you don't even know anything about Christianity. You don't even know anything about, why, why do I have a Father, an earthly Father? What, what, is, what is this situation of my earthly Father? And all of a sudden, you, you see this disconnect with so many people uh, being fatherless. Fatherless. Today is March the 6th, 2020, and uh, this is my dad's 82nd birthday. But a year ago, in February, he passed away. And so today, it was just, I was telling Pastor, I said, I was, it was so cool you asked me to speak about being on the Father, and it's my dad's birthday, and here I am right here in the right place at the right time for the right reason and the right people. God is wanting to expose the heart of the Father to you like never before. You see, what the thing is about knowing the Father is he, he's a, he's, when the Father walks into the room, everything changes. When he comes in, I mean, all the scrambling of the children, moving about the house. Everything stops. We used to do a thing when my kids were little. Uh, we'd have dinner at night, and we'd sit around the table, and we called it best and worst. And everybody would go around the table and saying, what was the best thing of the day and what was the worst thing of the day? And I could tell how well my children had behaved because when they would become their turn, they would look at their mother saying, are you going to tell on me today or not? <laughs> But that authority that God gave the Father, it's, it's, it speaks volumes 
in our culture, in our organization of our life, in everything that we're about. And the Bible talks about being fatherless. The Bible talks about not having a daddy, not having an Abba. So many kids I've known personally that Sandy and I, and it's, it's really kind of really wonderful that we have taken in many young ladies, young girls, and brought them into our house, and now they call us mom and dad. They, they on their birth certificates, they put our name down. They change. It's, it's amazing to see how this transformation of people who don't have a father, they're looking for a figure of, of authority in their house. And so I'm, I'm, I've seen in my own life this situation of the father. And so I had to go to the Bible to get a really great understanding. You know, that every question in this world, there's an answer to it in this book. There, it's right here. All you got to do is just start digging it out and researching it and asking the Holy Spirit to come and illuminate the Word of God to you. I started looking in the Bible. And I started saying, so who is the father of our faith? Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. It starts, it's, there's seven blessings of this man called Abram. Abram. His name, Abram, it was interjected these two words, these two letters, H and A, Abraham, the God of Abram. In Genesis 12, it begins to show us the picture of the father of our faith. They call him the father of faith. He was the one who stepped out of his norm. He stepped out on his own and he went after God. He was the pattern of the father to begin to be able to impact mankind with his steps of faith. It was interesting, too, that Abram, every place he went, he, he would build an altar. Twelve places he built in Israel when he, he went through this land. And he, he paid for this land. He had title deed to the land. So if you go to Israel today and you start talking to a, an Arab, and they'll say, well, it was, it, was not our, it was not the Jewish people's land. I say, yes, it is. Yes, it was. He paid for it. There's, there was title deeds of an altar that Abram built. I said, people, God, God doesn't steal anything from no one. Hello? God will not be indebted to no man. But Abram, the father of our faith, he would build these altars. And so when, when it was time for pay up and the children of Israel, after 400 years of bondage, when they moved into to the promised land, guess what? They were just taking back what was already paid for. Come on. That's you. That's me. As a, and I was like, wow, the Father has gone before me. The blessing of the Father has, is right here with me. And, then, and then if you look in, in the book of uh, um, Luke chapter 14, chapter 4, it starts giving you a picture of the Son. The Son. And how Jesus began to, to take the place of authority on the earth as a representation of the Father. He, he went up to the, to the, to the synagogue, and I've been there in, in uh, Nazareth. It's a little old place, you know, and they kind of say this is where Jesus was there, and so it's a bunch of rocks. But you get this feeling of, okay, it's crammed with people, and then Jesus walks over, and they have all these scrolls, and Jesus picks up a scroll, and he brings it over here, and he starts reading Isaiah 61. And, and he, as he reads it, he folds the scroll up, and he sets it back in this place. And then he went and sat down. The Bible says he sat down. 
And if you go to any Jewish synagogue, there's a, there's a chair to the right of the, the main podium that's only reserved for the Messiah. That's so crazy. I was like, and if you go there right now, there's a little chair right over there. And you go, that's, that's where he sat. He took the place. He said, you want to see the Father? Look at me. Here I am. And, and, of course, they raged because they could not see him as who he was. he was. He was Jesus of Nazareth, just some simple guy. But it was a representation of the Godhead bodily starting to come into place. Here he was, now the Father and the Son. And what he accomplished when he, he died on the cross, rose from the dead, and he poured his Holy Spirit out in Acts chapter Chapter 2, here it is. The the believers are all together. He pours his Holy Spirit out on the believers. And here comes the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's like cheerleader. Look here. It was him. It was Jesus. He's the one. When you look at him, you see the Father. Look at what he did, all his exploits. He is the one who come, the Spirit of the Lord was upon. He come to set the captives free. Ah, I just remember when I just met Jesus. me and Mary's been arguing with me on this trip. You know, that's not really cool with the Father. <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay to talk to the Father, amen, and have this relationship. Even as a fatherless person or a widow, my mom's a widow now, and, and I see her relationship with the Father become such, so rich over the past year as she just communicates she, she says, I never had this, this much wonderful prayer time with the Lord. She, and my mom, my mom told me this. I never have heard her say this. She said, I've been ministering to Jesus today. I was like, oh, my gosh. Wow. It's a, it's a miracle. It's a, it's a miracle, the relationship that she now has with the Father because she's taken on that mantle of the widow, of the one who's totally dependent upon God, a fatherless one. A one without anybody or any help. Uh, I, I remembered this, and, and that's why I wanted to make sure and pray for your pastor tonight. The first time I heard a, a message about the Father and the blessing of the Father. In, in the Old Testament, you know, they, had the, they always laid their hands on their son. The eldest received the blessing. And they would anoint their son, and, and he would receive the blessing. And I, I, was, I was thinking about the blessing of the Father as I, I began to prepare for this. And I thought about this message I heard years ago. And I, I thought about my father who, who didn't really raise me as a believer. He raised me for the gospel of work <laughs> because he sure knew how to work. And if you get our emails and communications, uh, I sign my email that says, Daylight's Burning. And uh, at, at the end of it, it, people say, well, that's real spiritual about, uh, you know, we must work while there's, not, there's, there's day for the night comes when no, my, no man works. So there's a real big spiritual connotation to it. But I always think about my dad, and he gave me that blessing of daylight's burning because he'd wake me up at 5 o'clock in the morning. And he'd say, get up, son. He said, it's, it's time to go to work. Daylight's burning. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, no. <laughs> And I didn't realize what a blessing he was pouring into my life. I didn't realize what discipline he was pouring into my life. 
but it, it, it was a connotation of he, he was actually being used to push me into what God had for my future. Your father is built to do that. And then I, I got to listen to a message about the blessing of the father, the laying on of hands. And I see, and even today I see this in so many people's lives. They don't have the blessing of their earthly father. They don't have a relationship. Most probably in, you in here tonight probably have a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you don't, here's an, here's an opportunity for you to meet the father through the son. But most people don't have the blessing of their earthly father. And I was like, I, I never heard anybody say anything like that. What do you mean? My, my earthly father loves me. I love to get texts from my kids and they just say, Daddy, I love you. Just in the middle of the note. They just, I love you. And I'm like, dang, that's so wonderful. My kids really like me. No, they love me. Amen. But I have the blessing of the earthly father. And I was like, what does that mean? There was this disconnect with my earthly father. I didn't have his blessing. I didn't have the blessing of the spiritual authority in the house. You see, your pastor is the spiritual authority of this house. I asked you a question tonight. Some of you may not be from here or you may have another spiritual authority over your life. Do you have the blessing of the Father? I said, man, I heard about, I said, what is that? What are, you, what are you saying? I knew there was a major disconnect because there would be like, I'd be reading books on generational curses. I'd be reading books on, well, you know, breakthrough or, or you know, why am I in poverty? Why am I, you know, and I'll be trying to fight, get, and I'll be like taking two steps forward ahead spiritually, and then I go back one, two steps. The enemy would come against me. And I would say, what? What is this? And I, I heard this message on receiving the blessing of the father. And I was like, wow. I called my dad up. I said, dad, I'm coming to see you. I, I need to talk to you. And so I, I met him at the barn down at, on our farm. And he's down at the barn. And I'll come there and I said, daddy, I said, you're not going to understand anything I'm about to do. I said, but I want you, I'm going to put some oil in your hand. And I want you to take your hand and I want you to put it on my head. <laughs> and I want you to pray for me. And he goes, what? And I did. I got on my knees, and my daddy, he, I can see it. I can still remember his hand. He started shaking because of the anointing that came on him, releasing the blessing of the Father over my life. And instantly something shifted. It shifted in, in my in every area of my life, it shifted. It shifted in my marriage. It shifted with my relationship with people. It shifted in my, in my, my checkbook. Come on. I, I mean, it was all of a sudden, it was like something lifted off of me, and I figured out what it was. It was a curse. I was no longer under the curse on this earthly realm here. But I was in the blessing of my father. I was in the blessing of the house. Uh, Mary, we've been arguing about how many years I've been with my same senior pastor. And she, she said, it's 36. I said, Mary, I got saved in February 1982. The mass says 38. I said, so I've been in the same spiritual house under the same pastor for 38 years. And I have his total 100% blessing. I didn't know how much I would need that. Had no idea how much that would prove fruitful and 
and such a powerful covering over my life. See, we need to be covered in these days. Coronavirus, shh, stop it. In the name of Jesus, I'm covered. You know what? God will use you where you're at to destroy all the works of the enemy. And I had to take on, I began to, I didn't have to, I took on that attitude of faith that no weapon formed against me will prosper. Every tongue that rises against me in judgment shall be condemned. For this, you know what I'm battling for? I'm battling for this is the inheritance, huh, of the service of the Lord. And where does the inheritance come from? The Father. I, God, how much the Father loves me. How much he's, he's just crazy about everything I'm into, what I'm doing, and he's with me. And he's pouring his blessing on me. He's pouring, he's pouring his spirit out like he promised. In the book of Joel, he promised in the last days. And in the book of Acts, Peter confirmed it again. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. Your sons and your daughters will what? Prophesy. The book of Revelation says that the spirit of prophecy, who is Christ Jesus, that's who we walk in. That is the power we're walking in in these last days. The blessing of the Father. Tonight, some of you came here tonight and you probably like dry, sun-scorched, rain, needing rain. Man, I just would pray that and I would be like, why can't I get through it? Why can't I keep moving forward? Why, does it keep, why do I keep slipping while I'm walking? I didn't have the blessing. I didn't, long time I didn't have my pastor's blessing. I'd say, I want to do this. He'd say, no, and I would get mad and stomp off. Just because he, he would say, wait, a four-letter word. Hello? Wait. Don't do that. Be, be patient. Huh? Oh, my goodness. Well, everybody else is going doing great things for God, and I have to sit here. <laughs> Give me my bottle, Father. I had to wait. What a wonderful thing. When I finally was released to go to the nations, then I didn't go as a child. You know what I did? I walked in full sonship with the blessing of the Father. Nothing changed in me personally, but my spirit man was fearless, courageous. Tonight, I am here to release the blessing of the Father. Let me, let me give you some, some, some reasons why I stand behind this so heavily. See, with, without di- divine authority, then we have chaos. It's about authority. Now you say, well, look, the father, it's a masculine term. And then the son, Jesus, we know how masculine he was. He was a stud of studs. Come on, somebody. But then the Holy Spirit, if you really study the Holy Spirit in the Bible, she's feminine. It's a feminine connotation of of walking with the spirit of wisdom. In Proverbs it says, she has hewn out her seven pillars. So you, you would say, well, the father's always this masculine, tough guy. Well, look, in him dwelt the fullness of the Godhead. Part of the father is the Holy Spirit. It's tender and gracious, nurturing and compassionate. I, I had to learn these attributes 
to receive the full blessing of God. I'm still learning them. I'll never stop learning them of how wonderful he, he pours that out on us. Ten years ago, my oldest daughter was on her way to work and she gets in a horrible car accident. And so they call me and we go to the hospital, on the way to the hospital. And I'll, I'll rewind that. I, first I said, I said, this is what I said. I said, Father, what do I do? And he said, go, take a shower, wash yourself, adorn yourself, and go and be prepared for battle. So I took my time, got me some clothes, started driving toward the airport. I drove by her car. It's over on the side of the road. And I look at it, and my sons are with me. I said, don't let your eyes lie to you. I said, you have to believe in what Jesus is saying right now. I said, we are under the authority of the Father. We went to the hospital. I walk in. My family's in the room. About 20 of us in the room. We're waiting for the report from about my daughter at the hospital. Walk in, two doctors, and they say, well, we, we, come, we need to talk to you. And I said, give me one second. See, when you have the blessing of the Father, then you walk into another realm of authority. I said, give me one second, doctors, with my family. And I told all my family, get up and leave the room. Except my son-in-law. So everybody's out. My wife, she's walking out like, brother, you better have this one right. Hello. I looked at my son-in-law and I said, I gave you authority. The father gave you authority over the daughter when you married her. I said, your faith isn't as strong as mine. I said, you need to give me the authority back. You see what the question is? The authority. And he said, of course. <laughs> I turned to the doctors and I said, okay, this is what the Lord says, that she's been dead, and I'm asking you to go put blood back in her body. And the doctor goes, she's been dead 25 minutes and the clock's still going. He said, she's gone. That's what we come to tell you. I said, I know you come to tell me that. I said, but I, I, I'm telling you, I'm just asking you, go put blood back in her body. And the neurosurgeon who's standing there, he said, well, I've been studying life after death. <laughs> Hello? He said, I'll take the responsibility. He, they turned around. That doctor, the emergency room doctor, he's fuming. They went back in there on the third pint of blood after 26 minutes. Here she comes. Was it some supernatural, you know, something I worked up super spiritually? No. It was staying underneath the authority of the blessing. The blessing. And you know what it does? It produced power to bring life. Tonight, God is releasing power to bring life out of something that was dead. Hello? What, what the devil meant for bad, God turned it around for good. That's my daughter's favorite, favorite uh, scripture, Genesis 50, 20. And I look back and I say, you know what it came from? The blessing of the Father. 
It never stopped. My daughter's leaving Wednesday to go to North India. She, where everybody else is trying to get away, get back to security, God calls us to go and be the tip of the spear. Harbor, you are the tip of the spear for South Florida. This has always been a gateway city to the nations. Right here, the, the representation of the nations is a gateway city. And you know what, you, because of that, you know what, when you're the tip of the spear, you do things that people don't understand. But, but you know what your most, your most important heartbeat is? The blessing of the Father. Oh, to have his blessing, to be his pleasure. I have my eyes fixed on you. You say, go? Yeah. You, you say, do what? Linger? Wait? Yeah. Wait, I'm here, Lord. I'm waiting on you. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not, I'm not moving from this place till you, till you fill me with your spirit and to a realm that this world means nothing to me. It has nothing for us. You know why? We were fatherless. We were fatherless. And he said, I'll adopt you. For God has not given us the, the spirit of fear, but the Father gives us boldness. And you don't have to work it up. It's just something that just oozes out of your life supernaturally. My daughter, she was in hospital over 100 days. She walks with a limp. But you know what? I got a text from her the other day, and it didn't say but three words. I love you. Because she understands the blessing of the Father. That she's a pleasure to us. My daughter here, she understands the blessing of the Father. Out of that powerful blessing of having the Father's blessing over your life, you receive all the benefits. The curses are broken off of your life forever. The seven benefits, I will bless them that bless you. I will curse them that curse you. I will make your name great. I will make, you know what? God makes us a sign and a wonder in the nations of the world, in the nations of, of Broward County. Anytime the word nations is in the Bible, it means families. People ask me, said, so what are you doing here? Because I don't stick out much in the world when I go places. Hello? I said, yeah, I'm a sign. I'm a sign that God's real and you're wondering why I'm here. It's a blessing to be a sign and a wonder for the Lord. But I walk in his blessing. I walk in the blessing of the Father. I'm even more excited tonight. My brother-in-law is here. He, uh, I was telling pastor that I built an altar room on my house in Mississippi. And one thing's really cool about it is the, the cell phone barely works there. So I don't hardly fool with a cell phone. Can you believe that? That's really old school. It's not because I don't want to, because I really love cell phones. <laughs> I really love technology. You wouldn't believe that. But God had me build this altar room. And while we were building it, on Passover, we had a special meeting, and it wasn't quite built yet. And we took some old brown construction paper, and we, like, put it on the wall. Worship team can come. 
if you want to. We, we kind of like made, we made the Western Wall in that altar room. If you've ever been to Israel and you walk up to the Western Wall and you take little pieces of paper and you, you write your prayer request and you, you stick them in the cracks of the wall and, and they never throw those prayer requests away. They, they, they keep them. And I believe that out of Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 15, actually everyone knows 714, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, I will hear from heaven and heal their land. But 715 is the one that kind of jumps out at me. It says that the prayers that are made in this place, I will hear. So I, I built this altar room. I put this big piece of paper, and and we uh, had these little piece, you know, sharpies, and and had all the intercessors were there, all our intercessors, and they were, we were praying. They were writing their prayer requests on the wall. And my brother-in-law came. We took communion. We did the seder. And when he came to my house. Two and a half years ago, he was in a wheelchair with ALS. We had to build a ramp for him to get in my house. Stand up, Mark. Two weeks, he's going to have surgery to to remove the, where he had a trach. He had a trach for four years. He had a trach for four years. Yeah, I had a trach for four years. And we, and, uh, we prayed that day. You shocked me that day. <laughs> uh, they laid hands on me, and I'd never had that done before. And I, I, it was in the wintertime. It was actually kind of cool outside. Yes. Good so, Friday. Good Friday. It was still, it was a cool Good Friday. And I just thought it was a static electricity from people touching each other because they were all touching each other and then ultimately touching me. Amen. And uh, afterwards, I told Lisa they shocked me. Uh, Lisa's my sister. Yeah, we live here in, we live here in Lauderdale by the sea. So um, we were down visiting. Yeah. And, uh, or up visiting, I get confused. You know. But we're up visiting in, in Mississippi. And from that day on, uh, I was also already on a, uh, a medication that God was beginning to help me. But that just, that day just kind of put me over the edge. See, Mark and I went to high school together, yeah. and, and he married my sister. And I'm telling you, let me tell you, there was a death sentence on this man. Yeah, two to five years is what they did. Two to five years. Uh, I did tell the doctor he was crazy, but... More than one doctor, like five doctors. I went to Mayo, John Hopkins, you know, uh, Houston Methodist. I went to Duke University where I'm now proclaimed as number one ALS reversal in the, in the world. So. You can't make this stuff up. I didn't re we didn't rehearse this. He didn't know he was going to do this. I had no clue. He said he was going to come tonight, and I was like, oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. But, you know, 41. Yeah, they're up to 41 now, worldwide. This has been in the last 20 years. So actually, they're up to 45 now. Two of them 
right here in Miami. Look, he's still battling. Amen. It's okay. I couldn't talk for years because I had a trait. So my wife says, don't talk I don't too want. much because it wears him out. Wears just him being here tonight, it's going to wear himself okay. out. But I'm just believe tonight the blessing of the Father is going to pour on him. He's going to keep getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Every day. But I'm telling you, sit down, brother. I'm telling you, he was in a wheelchair. You know what I'm talking about? Up the ramp, head back, the whole deal. My daddy looked at you and went, I don't know if he's going to be here another six months. I said, we're going to the wall. And we're going to get the blessing of the Father. We're going to get. There's something that we can get from heaven. See, we use that as a point of contact. We use communion as a point of contact. I'm, I'm just, I'm submitting this to you tonight. The devil has tried to steal your blessing. But God said, I had something better in mind. I had something to put in your life to make you shine brighter and brighter. I had something that I was wanting to do that you had to figure it out. You had to, you had to take a step to get to the Father. He said, you're fatherless no more. All of the benefits are ours. The Father heals. He restores. The book of Joel said, that the, the palmer worm, the canker worm, and the locust was stealing everything. But I will restore the corn, the wine, and the oil. The corn is God's provision. The wine, the fruit of the Spirit. The oil, the power of the anointing. There's anointing in this house. Anointing in this house. There's wine in this house. There's corn in this house. This is a house of restoration. This is a house that has the Father's blessing. you stand to your feet. Mark, you don't have to stand up. You can just relax. If you're tired, just relax. It's cool, man. God don't care. Enemies come against your pastor. I understand it. But in the presence of great pain and suffering is also in the presence of great power. God sends his ministering angels, fire of his spirit to empower you, to, to bring forth that which is stored up on the inside, to be released.
you feel like you're fatherless tonight, would you just slip your hand up? I want to see it. Some of you have been in this house a long time. You know what? I, I went to my senior pastor. I said, Pastor Scott, I'm his best friend. I went to him years ago. And I said, do I have your blessing? Am I, am I helping you or am I hindering and hurting you? I was that bold. You know what he told me? Sit down and be quiet. Because <laughs> he was still mad at me. But he loved me so much that he wanted to give me his blessing. And he turned around and he put his hand on my head. Because you know what? A shepherd loves his sheep. And they have divine authority to release it over our life. That's what they do. That's why they're here. And what is our responsibility? We don't want to hurt you. We want to help you. People that's hurt you in the past, they're going to come back and they're going to kiss your feet. And it's strange. You go to India, you go to these nations, and they come and they, you know what they do? They're so thankful. They bow and they kiss your feet. And you're like, don't do that. Don't do that. But, but you can't. And then all of a sudden, one time, I was like, God. He said, no, you stand still. You let them kiss your feet. Because when they kiss your feet, they're kissing the feet of the sun. one word down barrenness we were in Sri Lanka years ago and had an altar call and people came up and this one lady she's 51 years old she came up she said I'm barren I have no child will you pray that I have a baby I looked at her <laughs> 51, hallelujah. My faith was little. And so this little thing here, we called her the bucket girl. She'd always carry around a bucket because as the demons would manifest, I'd say, don't throw up on the floor, throw up in the bucket. Come on, America. Authority over darkness. I want you to take authority over the darkness that's fought in your life and, your, and everything you're involved in. You, you don't let the devil mess your house up. Amen? You don't let the devil mess this house up. You stand under the blessing of the Father. And so I said, Mary, come up here. First of all, she's left-handed. You don't touch anybody with the left hand in the Eastern culture. It's unclean. So she lays her hand on her womb and prays for come back one year later she comes to the altar she's holding this little boy Pastor Darren guess what she named that boy Lucas <laughs> she named him Lucas she said this boy is the, is the fruit of my womb I have the blessing of the Father. The curse has been lifted off of me. I am barren no longer. (laughs) 
my brother-in-law, he is barren no longer. Now you'll hear this message and you'll say, well, I get the blessing of the Father. You need to make it right. There's some things that you need to do. You need to go get, you need to go see. Have a heart to heart. Then you need to go to your, your earthly father. If he's not alive, go to, go to the father. There's many fathers in your life. Maybe a mother. The wisdom of God has been spoken in your life year and year. It's prayed for you. Go and say, I, I got to have your blessing. See, there's, there's, some, there's some homework to this message in the kingdom. You haven't been, you haven't come here. My friend, you haven't come here by accident. You came here because of your father. Your father made the way. Our father made the way for us. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. Eastern culture is the way. Hallelujah. Western culture, the truth. Give me the truth. Either way, either situation is life. There's blessing in the Father's house. Slipped him hands up again, fatherless. That's me. That was me. Come on. I'm going to release the blessing of the Father over you tonight. I have divine authority handed down from me, laid upon me. But I'm telling you, there's homework to do with this. This, this, thing, will, this thing will grow. It will prosper. It will bring fruit. It will bring corn. It will bring wine. It will bring oil. And it's the simplest, simplest principle that the kingdom is set forth in. So tonight, just bow your head. Just close your eyes. Just slip your hands up if you've never done that before. Just in that posture to receive. I even pray, Lord. Some people have walked in this road of of blessing. And they have have walked into places and all of a sudden it's just like, I don't feel the blessing. Lord, where are you? I've been shamed. I have been dishonored. But in your shame and dishonor, Lord, I pray you give them the double portion. I pray you pour your blessing over them. I, I pray that you that you would set in their life in motion tonight the blessing of the Father. That God, Jesus, Jesus, Holy Spirit, you would come down and and you you would align them, Father, and you would remove the barrenness and that you would lay your right hand of blessing upon them tonight. And you would anoint them tonight to receive your blessing. Condemnation, go now in the name of Jesus. You are a spirit from hell. You have no authority. We are washed in the blood of the Lamb. You have not given us condemnation, but you've given us, you've given us the blessing. In the name of Jesus, I pray faith arise now, Lord in our hearts to receive the blessing of the Father. That we're no longer fatherless. That we're no longer a widow. We are full inheritance children in your house. I thank you for doing that tonight. 
Jesus. Stuti Jesus. Presos Hoseva Swamni. Magejivitie. Jesus. How wonderful are you, Lord? Walk before us. Don't pass us by. We reach out. Bless us tonight, Lord. Let us never be the same. More of your spirit, more of your power. Turn back all the strategies against us tonight. Let us finish with with the power of your blessing. Let us be, continue to be the, the tip of the spear for you, Jesus. We long for your eyes upon us. Thank you tonight. We give you glory for that. In Jesus' name. think about the story um, this is kind of the things that God does right you know in our lives so we're going to just dismiss as they worship but we're going to make space here for anybody who just wants to come and just spend some time before the Father tonight and just be aligned um, be positioned right in just a place of dependency and faith I think about Mary who you know, wash the feet of Jesus with their hair and the oil and just that that place of just being before the Lord. And so we're going to invite you tonight to come and just, as you will, just come and be here. And we're just going to be praying for you and just asking God to touch you as these guys lead us. So God bless you guys. Have an amazing, amazing evening.
Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.